Hello and welcome back to another mini-sode of the Verve Voices podcast. We're doing the second mini-sode in a row because we wanted to start Pride Month with some LGBTQIA plus reading recommendations and give you the whole month to delve into those. So Ellie and I have put together our top three queer lit recommendations. We both also have some honourable mentions and wish list titles and we'll try and get through all of this in about 20 minutes. Yes, that sounds fantastic, Jenna, and I can't wait to hear which books you've chosen. Okay, well, I was going to invite you to go first, Ellie. I can definitely go first. Um, I want to mention After Sappho first by Selby Wynne Schwartz. This was one of the best books I read last year, so unique and formally inventive. It's a collection of biographical sketches and imagined anecdotes exploring the lives of sapphic women from 1880s Italy right up until 1920s 1930s London and the UK and kind of spans different countries across Europe and America and different women all of them real some of them more well known than others so you get you get an insight into Virginia Woolf and Peter Sackville and you get Radcliffe Hall and you get Gertrude Stein but you also get so many other women who I'd never heard of. And it was really interesting to kind of get little fragments of their life and snapshots into the past and the way that the author kind of weaves them together. So clever. Yeah, definitely difficult to read in places because it's quite choppy just the way that it's like put together. So it's kind of a bit of an adventure to follow all of the different fragments and like look out for where some people get pop up and reappear later on. Um, and some of them they're mentioned and then you never hear of them again so I would be so interested to hear like an interview with the author and how she came up with the concept and like how she researched it because it's I've never read anything like it so yeah is it is that one on your radar Jenna? I've heard about it yeah I I don't have much knowledge about it other than what you've just told me to be honest but it sounds really good I like the idea that she's written it in fragments because that obviously links back to like the sapphic writings on and you know and it just it sounds I mean I'm pretty sure I'm going to come away from this podcast thinking everything you've recommended (laughs) sounds like something I should be adding to my reading list and um it's published by another indie so that's always good yeah it's just really really cool and another thing that is so unique about it is that the author makes her first person narrator speak with we all of the time so you feel like you're really involved in the book and you're like seeing it through their eyes I actually did a blog post for our Verve books blog on our website um I probably did it about six to eight months ago now with some queer lit recommendations so I'm actually going to be drawing my top three recommendations from there because they are you know the, the list hasn't changed in the last eight months I've still got my favorites so the first book I wanted to recommend is one I actually listened to the audiobook of this and I found it a really great listen so that's also worth noting but it's exciting times by Nisha Dolan it was one of my favorite reads slash listens of 2021 and yeah I mean everyone's probably heard of this one anyone who loves books because it was big on Instagram I think it was a Waterstones book of the month it was definitely shortlisted for awards and things 
but yeah it's a slim fiction book and it's very sharp and sardonic and it's an exploration of the protagonist Ava's 20s and how she's kind of doing life but within that it's an exploration of sex and sexuality and relationships and it just has that contemporary feel it's very it's a novel very much of its time but in like a really good way where you can see the impact on social media particularly like Instagram on how Ava conducts her like relationships with other people it's it's set so Ava is Irish but she's working in Hong Kong and she's you know one of her relationships involves an English character called Julian who is also living and working in Hong Kong and her other relationship is with a woman called Edith and it's it's interesting like they're all from very different backgrounds and they're all coming across each other in this setting that isn't necessarily like the native home of any of them like they're all from elsewhere so that kind of feeds into how they interact with each other and there's lots going on I like it because it's like is one of the few sort of depictions of bisexuality I've come across that it, it feels really nuanced and really smooth. It felt really natural and, and organic and authentic. And I recommend that to anyone looking for sort of a, I don't know if I want to say easy listen because it's not easy, but it is nice to listen to. Or, and I'm assuming, I mean, stylistically, it's really impressive to read. I, I know that the author's got a lot of praise for how the narrative has been constructed so yeah I have read this one too it's on my honorable mentions list and I'm very much looking forward to reading Nisha Dolan's new book A Happy yes. Couple which comes out soon um yes, or maybe it's it just come out actually I'm not sure I, yeah I do think it I remember it's been on a lot of the lists like summer yeah. reads and stuff I've seen it yeah. everywhere definitely and it has another really cool cover so I'm definitely gonna invest in that <laughs> Um, so the next book that I wanted to mention is Mad Honey, which is a book written by two authors, by Jodie Pico and also Jennifer Finney Boylan. And it's kind of a domestic thriller, two points of view following Olivia, who is the mother of a teenage boy. And you get her perspective on motherhood, family life, and also flashbacks into her past when she had to flee an abusive marriage with her son's father. And then you get the perspective of Lily, who is the son Asher's girlfriend. And she's just moved to a new town like 18 months ago. And you get kind of her perspective on settling in as an outsider and also on her like blooming relationship with Asher. And the plot centers around Lily being found dead and kind of the court case that follows and whether Asher is guilty of her murder. So he's accused because he, he's with her or he finds her body and he's the person to call the police. And then you get kind of the aftermath from this and the mother questioning whether her son could be in an abusive relationship and kind of whether he's taken after his father a bit more than she thought. And you get Lily's perspective in the past and you find out gradually more and more about the relationship and everything kind of unravels and spirals. And um, yeah, I just thought it was brilliantly written. It has one of the best twists I've read, so I won't spoil it for anyone. But yeah, it will definitely keep you keep you on your toes. Um, it deals really well with LGBTQ themes. And Jennifer Finney Boylan is a transgender author. And I just think that her writing is brilliant. This is the first book of hers I've read. Um, I'm a big Jodie Pico fan already. But now that I've discovered Jennifer Finney Boylan, I'm definitely going to pick up some of her other books. Yeah, this is definitely one of the second or third times you've recommended it on the podcast. And I know. We had like seven episodes, so it must be really good. 
Yeah, I would. I gave it ten out of ten in my book rankings. So yeah, well, it's a good sign. So it does would, sound good. It sounds like a book my mom would like. I might yeah. to buy it for a birthday or something. My mum um, and my grandma both loved it. So. <laughs> okay, my second recommendation is *The House of Impossible Beauties* by Joseph Kassara, which is a novel that centres on gay and trans characters, and it's based off of the groundbreaking slash controversial 1990s documentary *Paris Is Burning*. The documentary depicts the sort of reality or a version of reality of the Harlem ball scene in the 80s and 90s in New York. And then the book House of Impossible Beauties is based on, like it's a fictionalised version and it centres on Angel, the protagonist or one of a few protagonists, as she forms the all Latinx house of extravaganza and it also follows the, ch- the stories of the children she recruits who are called Venus, Juanito and Daniel. And yeah, it just kind of follows Angel to New York, then sets up the house and then eventually becomes the mother of the house and the, yeah, the lives of, of everyone within the house. So it's definitely one for fans of Pose. It's like that similar kind of structure where you've got like the the mothers and then the the dynamics between all the children so lots of queer focused issues and themes at the center of the novel because of the time setting AIDS is obviously like an inevitable thing that's going to come up especially in New York and yeah just I mean unfortunately violence as well even today like the transgender community faces a lot of like a disproportionate amount of violence even in comparison to other queer communities and it's something that comes up inevitably in in the book as well so yeah it's moving and heart yeah heartbreaking there's obviously like sad bits but there's also a lot of joy within the book as well and I found it a really vivid and page-turning read and I would recommend it for anyone who is interested in New York's queer communities or like that specific part of New York's queer community in that specific time setting of like the 80s and 90s. Sounds brilliant I really loved Pose so I'm definitely gonna add that one to my list and I think well Paris is Burning was at one point on Netflix so you can watch that too if you're interested to kind of have a visual like 90 minute dive into the history of it excellent I'll be looking up the documentary it's always good to kind of get some facts to support the fiction um yes and my third and final recommendation is actually a non-fiction book so some more facts for you um, it was actually a difficult decision. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Fun House by Alison Bechdel, which I think is just one of the best graphic novels. Oh, it's not even a novel, a graphic memoir that I've ever read. Um, yeah, so definitely look that one up. But chosen to shout out um, Brandy Carlyle's memoir, Broken Horses. For those of you not familiar with Brandy Carlyle, immediately go and look her up and listen to her music <laughs> on Spotify because she's one of my favourite artists. You've yeah. already recommended her to me before. I think she's on my like saved artist to listen to because you've recommended her. I've not listened yet. She is just so good. Five-time Grammy Award winner. And she's one of the most nominated female artists of all time. Folk, country, Americana, rock, a bit of everything. So yeah, really brilliant. And her memoir came out in 2021. And it's kind of a portrait of her life growing up in America as an openly gay child and teenager. And then kind of her journey both with her family and also with her faith and her community she tells like a really harrowing story about how on the day of her confirmation her 
priest refused to baptize her because of her coming out as gay and kind of spirals from there about how faith has kind of remained in her life but not in a conventional way so that's really interesting and then you also get like all of the brilliant people that she meets along the way on her music career yeah I mean in in her career she's collaborated with some of the most famous people on the planet including Elton John, Joni Mitchell, Dolly Parton so she has like a lot of fun anecdotes to tell you in there stories about the rich and famous from all across the world and it's also like a really beautiful love story about how she met her wife who had like the coolest job ever as Paul McCartney's charity foundation manager before she met Brandy and then immigrated to the States and they've now got like two little girls together and just like yeah it's just really brilliant the story and everything about her music and the book is kind of written chronologically in chapters and interspersed with um, song lyrics and, and songs that she's written inspired by different moments in her life. So you kind of get to become familiar with her music at the same time. And there's like a playlist attached to it so you can listen to the songs after you read each chapter. And if you read the audiobook, I think that they're actually included, the music's included in the text, um, along with like loads of images and everything. Yeah, it's just, it's really good. So would definitely recommend. I actually don't read a lot of nonfiction, unsurprisingly, like you know, and reading so much for work. And then when I do read in my own time, I do mostly own fiction books and that's kind of what I turn to. But I do like a good like memoir. Would you say it's memoir? Yeah, yeah. An autobiography? Like, do you think that it's, I, I don't know, like I suppose the difference is memoir isn't necessarily completely grounded in fact. Like there's sort of themes and like a novelistic element running through it. So yeah, yeah, I would say that this is probably more of a memoir just because it's like quite thematic, as you say, and like a lot of it's about her like creative influences rather than like facts about her life. I mean, you do see her whole life, but it's definitely um, on the creative, more narrative side of nonfiction rather than like a straight up autobiography. But yeah, I don't read too much nonfiction either, but I do love a good memoir. Okay, for some reason, our recording cut out here, but. My final recommendation is one of my favourite books by one of my favourite authors and it's The Sunlight Pilgrims by Jenny Fagan. Jenny Fagan's a Scottish author so it was written in 2016 and it is set in 2020 but it's obviously not set in the actual 2020. It imagines a 2020 in which there's been a major climate event, which is like, it's like a big iceberg. Again, this is something I read like five years ago. So the the details are a bit hazy, but the it involves, basically the UK has been put into a massive like freeze, especially down south, like London has become almost inhabitable. And one of the protagonists, or the, I guess he's like a sort of secondary character, moves up from London to a remote Scottish community which is where he meets a child called Stella who lives with her mother and Stella's 12 and she is openly transgender and within her tiny rural Scottish community has experienced a lot of rejection and just been kind of excluded and yeah just faced a lot of hardship. And throughout the novel, as the climate shifts, we see attitudes towards Stella's status and just Stella in general shift within her community. So the book is doing something really interesting in that it's using the the shifting climate, like literally the, the climate change that's happening to imagine shifting social climates and, and shifting social values and shifting a shifting social environment that allows for new ideas and, and new 
attitudes to come through and and new ways to imagine like community and family which is yeah it's it's great and also the 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 guy I mentioned who comes up from London he is bisexual so Stella and him he begins kind of seeing Stella's mother and Stella then bonds with him and they they have a sort of understanding of one another that I, th- I think helps them both and yeah there's it's it's another book where like there's obviously some heartbreaking moments well and then obviously the climate crisis it's not exactly a nice thing to imagine but at the same time within all of that and within all the instability there is moments of like queer joy which I think I think that was one of the first books I read where it wasn't the overarching feeling of a of the book wasn't bleak so yeah it's a good one and I love Jenny Fagan she's got some really good books Um, it sounds very cool I like the fact that it's like paralleling the climate crisis with a social crisis as you say like that's so clever okay honorable mentions I do have a list so Giovanni's Room is an obvious one by James Baldwin it's like one of the classic gay fiction books that like I think most people who are interested in queer fiction will have probably already come across or maybe read but if you haven't, it is definitely worth a read. I also really like The End of Eddie and A History of Violence by Edward Louis, which are like, The End of Eddie is um, a novel that draws heavily on his own experience growing up in rural France as a queer child. Um, and then A History of Violence is more memoir. Yeah, I think it's written as a memoir, but I remember having to read them as like a pair at uni. It, they're both very much grounded in his own experience and it's quite especially a history of violence but even the end of eddie is quite like difficult to read in places but they are really good books if if you haven't come across them before um in the dream house by carmen maria Machado. that's a non-fiction recommendation that i was proud of myself for um actually having read it details her looking back on her relationship that in the aftermath she kind of has accepted was an abusive relationship um, and an abusive lesbian relationship, which is depictions of that aren't really common. Um, so it, it's quite groundbreaking in what it's doing. And also the way it's written, it's like, it's just really inventive in how it goes about exploring the, the relationship and using different cultural ideas and uh, historical ideas, like philo- philosophical ideas to like as a lens to view the relationship and try and piece together a, a way of, of looking at it and understanding it and yeah what belongs to you by garth greenwell everyone loves garth greenwell the, his more recent book which the title escapes me now but this is the one it features the same characters as that book but it's set like however many years before under the udala trees by chinelo Okparanta and trumpet by jackie Kay. And of course, Verve's Vera Kelly series, which features the lesbian spy Vera Kelly. And it's set in 1960s New York. And yeah, three books of just fast paced, action pack, cool girl Vera Kelly doing cool spy stuff and also navigating her relationships with her main love interest in the series. So, yeah, that was a big list of mentions. I've read a lot and I found it hard to narrow down. (laughs) I've been a bit more um, succinct in my choices, but I would give a shout out to Orlando by Virginia Woolf, um, one of the first depictions of uh, a transgender character and a transition and gender fluidity in literature. That's really brilliant and 
again, so formally inventive. Um, and also Pure Colour by Sheila Hetty. Um, that's got a new title and again, very formally inventive. Um, slightly strange, but really kind of beautiful, lyrical depiction of a young woman's um, relationship with another young woman and also with her father and kind of an exploration of sexuality and spirituality and death and life. Um, yeah, really cool. I listened to the audiobook version, so would recommend. And also Love After Love, Ingrid Persaud, um, really beautiful and sad. Um, but there are definitely moments of queer joy, but set in Trinidad and such a cool insight into a completely different culture, which I didn't really know anything about. Um, and all of the characters are just like so vibrant. And yeah, she has a really great narrative style. So we'd recommend that one. And then lastly, On Earth with Briefly Gorgeous, which I won't say too much about because I think it's on your wish list, Jenna. I know, but you can say like, you know, it's on my <laughs> wish list because I've not read it. So I don't have much to say about it other than I'm aware it's something that I should have read by now because I only ever hear good things. So yeah, please do tell people what it's about. Um, so it is by um, Ocean Wong, who is a poet and an author and this is kind of loosely autobiographical novel about a young man's kind of life growing up um his childhood and his relationships with his family but also discovering his own sexuality as he kind of navigates the world it's just again I think you can tell that the author is a poet because it's the, the language and the metaphors and the imagery is just like so beautiful. It's got a really distinctive style. Um, again, I listened to the audio version and would definitely recommend. I think it's kind of injects so much more life, but there's another one that's kind of hard to read, dealing with some really difficult subjects and topics. So yeah, you have to kind of brace yourself. It's a bit of a heavy one, but it's it's really good. So yeah, would recommend. Another one on my list, and it's been on my list for a while too is Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl by Andrea Lawler, which I've heard is really good. And it's about a young man with gender shifting powers who seeks love and lots of sex in a 90s American setting. So that's the that's the vibe. And I've heard it discussed again on other podcasts by people whose opinions I I like if I if I know if they say they like something, I'm gonna like it. So it's on the list and I wanted to share in case other people hadn't heard of it because I've looked at it for it in bookshops a few times and never never found it so yeah I've not heard of that Lesser one but known. it sounds it sounds very cool a bit different so yeah yeah do you have a wish list Ellie I was pondering the wish list while you're we doing the podcast because I didn't know that was something I should prepare um <laughs> so I would say the one that that keeps coming up that I think I definitely want to read is Detransition Baby by Tori Peters. Um, yeah. I've just like seen it everywhere and I've also heard the author on a podcast. Yeah, it just sounds really good. It's about a transgender woman who is contacted by her ex who was a transgender woman and decided to detransition and is now fathering a child with her current partner. And the ex reaches out to the protagonist asking if they would like to co-parent and kind of form an unconventional family structure. And it's just kind of an exploration of their relationships and motherhood and parenthood. And yeah, I don't know. It just, it sounds really cool. So that one's on my list. Yeah, it's it's on my radar too. It's like all over Instagram. It's been all over Instagram since it came out. It's one of those ones that because I've had it recommended so many times, it's actually had the opposite effect where I now feel like it's been shoved down my throat so that 
I haven't ventured into it yet but I will come back to it because that's what always happens you know like that's why I'm only getting around to watching The Sopranos now because (laughs) 20 years have passed since it came out and people have stopped recommending it quite so severely so now's the time where I can calmly face it so I think that'll be the same with that book but it does sound like anytime someone speaks about it I think it sounds like amazing and like really original and that's probably why it's as hyped as it is but as soon as something is that level of hype mm. to, I don't know what it is has the opposite it's a bit, effect it's a bit risky isn't it like if you if you know a lot of people who really love a book or a film or a tv series and then you watch it and it doesn't quite live up to the the hype yeah. then it's like such a disappointing feeling whereas if you just read it of your own accord without knowing anything you probably would have still enjoyed it yeah. but like sometimes I'm expecting something to be the best thing ever and then it just doesn't quite live up but I'm sure no, all think... of the books will <laughs> I think um, I probably appreciate more recommendations from like a couple of people whose opinions I really value however we should probably wrap this up our last recommendation for the listeners to add to their wish list is Verve's brand new novel Sunburn by debut author Chloe Michelle Howarth which will be coming out my final recommendation is one of my favourite books by one of my favourite authors and it's The Sunlight Pilgrims by Jenny Fagan. Later this month on the 22nd of June and yeah I'll be interviewing Chloe for this month's full-length for Voices episode so keep your ears peeled for that and you can pre-order the book now. We highly recommend it. It centres on the protagonist Lucy who is growing up in a rural part of Ireland um, in West Cork and it follows her through her teenage years as her close friendship with her friend Susanna blossoms into a relationship and it's um, another one that's got moments of queer joy but also more challenging elements because it's Ireland in the 90s and it's in a rural area so the, the coming out narrative isn't a straightforward one but it is it feels very authentic and tenderly written by Chloe and I think if you've not already got your hands on a proof if you like any sort of queer fiction or any of the books that we've recommended, you'll probably enjoy it too. So yeah, that's what you've got to look forward to. Um, thanks so much for joining me for this episode, Ellie. You're so welcome, Jenna. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we'll see you later this month and goodbye. Thank you for listening. Stay up to date with all things Verve by signing up to our newsletter at vervebooks.co.uk forward slash newsletter or by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok at verve underscore books. And if you haven't already, don't forget to follow, rate and review our podcast if you love it. We'll be back with another episode very soon. 